Welcome into the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Peach, joined with a new face today, the new video editor for the Daily Illini and my host on Illini Drive, Carson Gordy. Carson, how are you doing? Thank you so much for bringing me on the show. It means a lot. Um, it was a long spring break, but I'm definitely ready to get back, watching college sports and everything. I mean, yesterday's game was a heartbreaker. I mean, it's something where the program could have gone to the next level. You know, Sweet 16 is something that has kept our program away from for the past 17 years. I and mean, the last time was when Bruce Weber went 37 and two. And when you see the programs like Michigan, you see Purdue make it fourth time in seven seasons, it's a real gut punch. And I hate to say it, but I'm starting to question whether sometimes is Brad Underwood the guy to bring us to the next level. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about that today. Carson and I are going to be on the podcast from now on for at least the next uh, calendar year. May have a few guests here and there. Uh, but first, I have to give a huge shout out to Brendan Jones, the former uh, on-air sports editor and my partner for the last year on the podcast. He's been on this pod for at least two years, always brought, but brought great insight, uh, really knows what he's talking about. And he's graduating in May, so he's not going to be here anymore. But huge thank you to Brendan but yeah it's me and Carson now so Carson you know you hit on that Houston game it was a chance for Illinois to get to the next level they need to get over that hump of the first weekend they couldn't do it so talking about that game we're going to start with that what was you know the main thing that you saw that disrupted you uh, on the court you look at the first half pretty much shooting Houston didn't shoot better than 30 percent but the reason why they were able to build a lead the reason why they were able to maintain it was really just due to offensive rebounds I mean, Houston would miss two shots, three shots, but they kept getting second chance opportunities. Granted, Kofi got shut down offensively, and that's going to happen. I mean, we saw that against Cincinnati. Cincinnati replicated that game plan beautifully. But the bigger issue I thought was effort. You know, I, I know Kofi Coburn's human, but I think we got to see more boards. I think we need more physical guard play to get inside and steal some of those rebounds. I was disappointed in DeMonte. I was extremely, extremely disappointed in Trent Frazier. So I think the, big, the biggest glare against Chattanooga was the rebounds. You know, we get down 14. Against Houston, I mean, they just kept getting second chance opportunities. And finally, Houston did get hot and they made seven out of eight shots late in the game to put it out of reach. Yeah, no, that was bad. It was uh, Sheed, the 6-1 guard that honestly, I thought that Trent was going to be able to stop on defense that ended up hitting some of the daggers late to really put Houston ahead. Trent actually played pretty good defense on him. He hit tough shots. Those pull-up jumpers and little floaters he was hitting were tough, but you know, you mentioned the rebounds and it's really hard to ignore those because uh, Illinois got 11 offensive rebounds, which on paper is a really, really good day. Well, Houston had 15 of them and they came at the right times too. They totally out-rebounded the Illini 15 to 11 on offense and 24 to 22 on defense. They took nine more shots than Illinois. You had, I mean, it was bad. And then you have Trent Frazier who can't hit anything. Demonte Williams, kind of as he was doing the whole season, didn't give you anything on offense. And it was kind of a theme, especially the last month of the year. Indeed, and it's so big for Illinois. Like, do we really run an offense? The offense is dish it down to Kofi Coburn. Kofi gets double teamed, dish it out to Plummer and makes a three-pointer. But when, when you make three out of 17 three-point shots, I mean, you're screwed. You're, you're, you're just physically not capable of winning this basketball game. That's why it's so important. Like, I know Andre Cabello stat line against Chattanooga looked horrible. But he was plus 18, plus minus. Curbelo did a great job in Chattanooga of opening up the offense. You know, a lot of breakaway passes that went for easy donks, being able to take some pressure going inside and dishing it out. And against 
Houston, I mean, Andre Curbella was nowhere to be found. And I have to credit Brad Underwood for putting him on the bench and really giving RJ and Luke Goody an opportunity to shine in March. Yeah, you know, you talk about Andre Curbelo and some people say, why didn't he come back for but the I, second half? But there are a couple of things about that, right? He was in the game for 10 minutes. He And they were all 10 minutes straight, by the way. He was 0 for 4 from his field goes, 0 for 2 from 3. He only should have taken one of those shots, and that was the layup that rimmed out. That's going to happen. I know that people are complaining about that new ball, but everyone was using the same ball. He had two turnovers. He got nothing going. And, you know, he's small, right? So if he, Trent, and Plummer, two of the three of them are out there, someone's going to get a really bad matchup on defense. And Trent's better when he's covering the smaller guards. So either way, it wasn't going to work. And you're right. Goody comes in, hits a couple threes. RJ scored seven – Seven or eight points, I believe. RJ, RJ had nine points. Yeah, RJ was four for five. He, dude, if we, I know we lost by fifteen, but it was a tied game with ten minutes left. Yeah, if we didn't put Goody in there, if we didn't put RJ in there, I mean, my God, we might have lost by thirty, because no one on offense was able to get production aside from Kofi Coburn in the second half. That's it. We got to change it. Like Kofi, you know what Kofi said before the game. No. the tougher team is going to win yeah yeah okay like, i know it's super generic like you hear that every single game but he was right and illinois this year let's look at the whole year so what brad underwood likes to say is listen it's march let's not lose sight that we're back-to-back big 10 champs this is a championship level level caliber team okay last year you had iota sumo iota sumo was obsessed with playing for illinois even if John Grosh was here, Illinois has a chance to get Iota Sumo. Granted, you, you get Kobe Coburn. He's a giant. But what happens? Lose to Loyola Chicago. Now, this year, I thought this team could have won a national championship on paper. You got the three-point shooting. You got the veteran guards. You got Kobe Coburn, et cetera. Coleman Hawkins, game changer sometimes. But the problem is, it, it's just when you put all your eggs in one basket, you know, you, you got to get Kofi. You know, we're Big Ten co-champs. Well, we lost to Purdue twice. We beat Iowa. Cool. Chris Murray went one for seven in the free throw line. You lose to Indiana. You're down 14 to Chattanooga. You're down big to Houston. This season was, in my mind, a step backwards. Now, I think it can get better if RJ and Goody take a next step. We get more physical. Coleman Hawkins becomes more versatile. But if we try to replicate the 2001 game, 2021-2022 game plan, I mean, this team's going to be Iowa. It's going to be stuck in the round of 32 for eternity. Yeah, well, so I want to go back to the beginning of the year. I'm writing an end-of-the-year column for the DI right now, and something, and it's not done yet, but something that I put near the beginning was that Illinois didn't have a signature win this year, right? They won at home against Michigan State without Kofi and Andre Curbelo, which is, you know – it Michigan looked State's good, but Michigan State ended up not being ranked. They won at Michigan State. They won at Michigan, whatever. They beat Iowa a couple times. The second time they played Iowa was ugly. The first time Iowa hadn't gotten it together. And they blew their chances against Purdue both times in Arizona, which, you know, speaks kind of for itself. Like, this team never found its groove. But going back to the very beginning of the year, I remember we were on the radio on Illini Drive, and you said, you think that this team can be better than Last year, and I agreed with you because Brad Underwood had this plan. And that, like you said, it was kind of the offense. Get it into Kofi. And if when he gets double teamed, find the shooter and hit a three. If that's not working, Carbello is one of the craftiest points guards in the country, and he can get something going. 
well. Unfortunately, Kofi didn't learn to pass out of the double team as well as he could have now. He did a little bit. He definitely put up more assist numbers this year, but like Ohio State game, he turned the ball over a lot. He had three turnovers Sunday against Houston. And then the other problem is that the Corbello part just didn't happen because Corbello missed so many practices. He misses 10 plus games. And then when he did come back, he wasn't himself. So, you know, yeah, you can say like you think this year was a step back, but one, the roster is going to be totally different next year. So they're not going to run this again. And two, people were injured and suspended all year. Like Kofi had to miss five games. Corbello missed 10 plus games. Grandison missed time at the end of the year. And we know how impactful he was at the beginning of the year. Like you can say all you want, but this team went through a lot this year. I know, but what's your excuse against Chattanooga? I mean, that nothing. The, the shooters stopped you know shooting. I mean? We we can complain all you want, but basketball is about overcoming adversity. I mean, Houston lost its two top scorers, yep. but Calvin Sampson has developed such a great method at Oklahoma, Indiana, Washington State, Houston now, where it's about the team atmosphere. It's about clamping down on defense. It's about eating the clock. It's about motion offense. Like, what what is Illinois trying to do? It feels like we just try to, you know, super glue a bunch of talented guys together and hope they figure it out. Like, granted, we, we beat Wisconsin. That was a good win. Yeah. But we also messed up well against Wisconsin. Right. You know, if Johnny Davis has a bad game, which he did against us, you know, you're going to win that game. Well, he still had his 20 points, but. Yeah, his 20 points, but it's high volume. I mean, I'll, I'll give Johnny Davis 20 points if he goes four for 20. Exactly. You know, and then we get the fast break baskets. Like, I, I just have such high expectations for this program. I really do. See, I have high expectations too. But again, this year was like no other. Like, you're going through, you're battling all the adversity. Like I said, Corbello doesn't have time to get in his groove. And you look at Chattanooga, the shots were there. At no point in the game did I think to myself, dang, Chattanooga's got to slow down. Like, no, it was all about Illinois heating up. They were three for 17, I believe, from three right like so isn't, not, that's more that's even more of an indictment on us yeah that, so that, but it's on the players if they're the ones that are missing the open threes like i'm not sure like that's just the game plan was there you get the shots they just don't fall that's on the players that's on our veteran guards not so being you, able to come up clutch in moments that's on demonte taking a step back offensively as a fifth year senior the freshman didn't even play what do you what's the excuse defensively when Chattanooga is going backdoor versus layups just like Loyola what's your excuse when you know I would assume it was eight points against Loyola Chicago and you don't switch up the offense Why well you I think up? I think for last year with Loyola I think the team peaked a little early I mean they peaked you don't in the want big to win your conference tournament yeah curse. you're right I mean this really started maybe even before Bo Ryan but especially Bo Ryan would always say you know Wisconsin they wouldn't really play hard in the Big Ten tournament the last time I think that Wisconsin won the 2015 Big Ten tournament, that was the first time they had won it in forever, right? And they did make like, the championship, but you had Sam Decker, you had Kaminsky. But there is a huge track record. Like Baylor didn't win their conference championship. Mm-hmm. Virginia lost to Florida State, yep. didn't win their conference championship. Nova if didn't Illinois win it won, year. If Illinois would have won the conference championship this year, they probably would have gotten a three seed, maybe a two. And they would have been hyped up the entire time, back-to-back Big Ten champs, unbeatable in Big Ten play, Brad Underwood, most Big Ten wins in three years. It's nice to get a nice reset and switch it back is. to reality. Bruce Weber even said, when, you remember when they started 32-0? and 30 yeah, and then lost to Ohio State. So it was the best thing that happened to the team. The media attention came down, and they could finally just reset and get ready for the NCAA tournament. 
granted, I did not want Illinois to lose to Indiana. Right. But I think it was the end of the world. My big thing is you need to realize, like, I, I grew up a Michigan State fan. Yeah. The whole saying our entire lives were January, February, Izzo, April. Like, Syracuse is not a good regular season team most, most of the time. But they make the Sweet 16. They make the Final Four. Like, that's huge. You play to win in March. So for a team to just continue to get knocked out of the round of 32 and not get the media attention of the Sweet 16, I mean, I, I truly believe it's a killer. And like, yeah, we can talk. Cool. We won the Big Ten Championship. We were co-champs because Johnny Davis got hurt against Nebraska. We were co-champs because Chris Murray, who's a phenomenal free throw shooter, went one for seven. Like I, With unbalanced schedules in the Big Ten, I'm sorry, that's small peanuts. I want us to beat Cincinnati. I don't want to lose by 20. You know, I, I want to knock off Purdue one of those times because that's what creates a championship program. And when you look at the program over the past three years, dude, I love Brad Underwood compared to John Grosh, like, like everybody does. But we got to realize that John Grosh was an Ohio coach that got hired because he had one good tournament run and beat Michigan. Bruce Weber was a good Southern Illinois coach, but he couldn't recruit. So when you get Brad Underwood here, like I am expecting more from the program. Like, I'm sorry, I don't think early exits are acceptable. Like, I'm not going to live off of a co-championship. I don't think early ex exits are acceptable either. Last year, I think the team peaked too early. It was Brad's first time in the tournament with this team. It was a lot of their first tournament experience. Obviously, 29, I'm sorry, the 2020 tournament would have helped with that. And you can say, oh, if the tournament happens, Iowa leaves, whatever. They they were one seed. They lost to a team that was criminally underseeded. Whatever, it doesn't matter. They should have won the game. They didn't. And that was because Brad Underwood didn't make in-game adjustments. You got something? I just want to add one thing. I kind of lost track, but now I remember it. When's the next time you're going to get another Iowa to Sumo? When's the next once in a generation. When are you going to get another Kofi Coburn, the modern-day Shaq? We've had back-to-back All-Americans. And just like Iowa, we got nothing to show for it. So next year, say Kofi leaves. Well, that's 22 points a game we need to recover. Is Coleman really going to bump up from six points a game to 15? Is our Baylor transfer really going to score 12 points a game? We thought Omar Payne was going to be great. I, I think the way the blueprint for Illinois to succeed, because we're not, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, we live in Chicago, but we're not getting Jabari Parker. We're not getting Anthony Davis. They're going to go to Duke and Kentucky. I think Brad Underwood needs to finally develop an offensive game plan. And I want us to go down the route of a Texas Tech, of a Houston, where we shut down teams where they only score 52 points a game. I never want to get out-rebounded again by Chattanooga. That was a disgrace. If we would have lost to Chattanooga, I guarantee you would hear a lot more about Brad Underwood and his job security. Because Houston's a great basketball team. Houston could very well make the national championship game against Houston. But if we lose to Chattanooga, I mean, that means around a 32 loss to a mid-major Loyola, and then the next year you lose to Chattanooga again. Okay, but again, one, they didn't lose to Chattanooga. And number two, good win, good teams find a way to win when you don't play well. But it's really because they didn't shoot well. And like I said, the looks are there. The game plan was there. The defense was good. They only gave don't up 53 have to adjust. points. Don't you have to adjust when the scoring was not working? But where do you adjust to? You know what your guys are good at. He knows his team. If they're a lot better not than you and I do. three-pointers. If you're not making the three pointers, you got to get Curbelo to start going inside. 
if you're not making the three pointers, maybe you have to, you know, maybe you should put in Luke Goody instead of Demonte Williams. Like Demonte Williams this year has dropped. Demonte was overplayed. The third, exactly. He's overplayed. Trent Frazier, love the guy. Great fifth year player, but heck no, are we retiring his number? And what did he score? Six points in his last three tournament games? Yeah, like eight. And the three point done. shots aren't working. Cool. You have open looks, but cold days happen. So I think the key for Brad is that he has to reimagine how he views the point guards. We need those tough Houston guards that can guard inside. We need the slashers. We need to get to the free throw line more. And next year, even if Kofi Coburn comes back, if we just do pass it down to Kofi, passes it out to Luke Goody for a three-point shot, it's not going to work. It just simply isn't. Did you watch the Duke Michigan State game? Yeah, I did, but I don't. I want to say something before that. Here's okay, you say it first. Here's what I think. So yes, like you said, Houston is a very, very good team. Illinois got two tough draws in the round of 32, two years in a row. And again, even against Houston, the defense was fine. They only gave up 68 points to a super athletic team that was a lot bigger than them. It was rebounding, but it was the it was rebounding too. Houston's starting lineup went six eleven, six eight, six four, six five, six one compared to seven feet, six ten, and then six three, six two, six one. So there's clear, you know, there's clearly uh a lack of size there on Illinois side. But again, the looks were there. How many threes does Coleman Hawkins have to miss? How many threes does Plummer have to miss? How many bad shots does Corbello have to take? How many threes does Trent have to miss when they're there? And then they did go inside of Kofi. He actually had a decent game, Kofi. He had a good second half. He was seven for seven from the line. He was six for 11 from the field, which is good. But there's the problem, right? He only got 11 shots. So when you talk about Brad Underwood, obviously you're not happy with either year. This year was more expected, but both years you should have gotten past the round of 32. And I know that you expect big things out of Illinois because even under John Gross made the tournament once and he didn't coach any defense and Bruce Weber didn't know how to recruit. But you also, you have to understand that Illinois was dug up from the bottom and even Trent and DeMonte were only three star players. Like Illinois was bottom of the big 10 when Brad Underwood got here with terrible recruiting classes. Built up from the bottom. I mean, every big 10 team flirts with the tournament. Illinois missed like five tournaments in 30 years before 2012 i don't want to hear any of that malarkey you got they were at the bottom of the conference bottom of the conference he john gross had four winning seasons in five years he'd win 19 games they always got like a number one or number two seed in nit and then they were like the 12 seed in the conference when brad first got there he lost two of his recruits he came into a bad situation it's not like like i'm not saying it's a great great situation situation. it's not like he was taking over Rutgers before pike he was taking an Illinois team that needed a few adjustments to win the game. Granted, I love Brad Underwood compared to the other two guys. I'm not saying that. But to say that we didn't have talent, oh, my God, we had a Chicago Bulls point guard on the team last year. We had the Pac-12 shooter of the year. We did we have, have talent, Alfonso, of course. We have Alfonso Palmer. Like, we have Kofi Coburn, who's the modern-day Shaq. I don't want to hear about talent. And I, I really don't care about hearing about the lack of experience in the NCAA tournament. Michigan's starting a bunch of freshmen right now. You know, yeah. You look at these teams like, is it? Are you really scared of the limelight so you could rebound a ball against Houston, missing its top two scorers? We can keep making excuses and keep being brainwashed that oh, John Gross didn't win and Brad Underwood took over such a hard program. Well, dude, he's been here for five years. He's had back-to-back All-Americans, and last year, why are we getting down 15 to Penn State? Why are we going overtime with Nebraska? Why are we losing to Maryland by 16 this year, even without Kobe Coburn? 
why like why are we losing to Cincinnati by 20? Like this is this is a this is an issue getting down 14 to Chattanooga. I don't think Brad properly prepares his team for each game. I, I truly don't. I feel like we play up and down a competition. I think we were finesse. We lived and died by the three-point shot this year. And Brad Underwood did not adjust the team to win the tough games. It just didn't happen. It's funny you say people aren't sometimes are not prepared because they actually took a double digit lead in the first half, like seven different times this year uh, against Arizona. They came out. Okay. Against Arizona, they came out and were up 10 in the first half against Michigan state, which they almost blew. They were up 10 the first half against Cincinnati. They were up double digits in the first half. I'm not done in the loss to Ohio state. They were up double digits and the loss to Marquette. They were up double digits. Okay. Them blowing leads at the end of the games is not Brad Underwood not preparing them. They were up d- double digits just, in a ton of games. I just told you games from two years ago where they were down 15 to Penn State. There was I will literally pull up the schedule right now in every game where we were down. And then he came like, back and won. He made in-game adjustments. No one's going to be perfect, and you're ignoring a record. He's the best they have the best record in the Big Ten the past three years. And now I don't think the Big Ten is the best conference in basketball. Brad Underwood's got to stop saying that. But to call for Brad's name after two straight round of 32 exits, considering where they were where they were before and getting two tough draws in the round of 32, Houston's a better team. They're a better team. They're a better team. Dude, it, it's literally just effort with rebounding. Like we, we can talk about, you know, we're not the better team. We get two tough draws. On paper, we have just as much talent as anyone. And I, I'm, I'm about to pull up the list about games that we did not play fully up to. I literally just named you a bunch of games from 2020 and 2021. And I, like, if, do you think – I'm not stupid into thinking Brad Underwood's going to get fired. You, you look at the uh, look at the contract He's not clause. getting fired. He's extended He's until like 2028. What I'm trying to instill in people – is the idea that, first of all, Brad Underwood has had very talented rosters the past few years. What I'm trying to say is we go another three years without a Sweet 16. Are you going to be happy? Like, is, if, is this If we go another three years without a Sweet 16, then it's serious consideration to let him go. I'm saying but right now he can't be let go. That's my point. If we, if we didn't get a Sweet 16 in the past two years, what makes you really feel confident when Kofi Coburn transfers to a different school to make a lot of money. Just well, I, th- I think that we're going to... So, what are you going to say when Corbella transfers to reunite with Orlando and Tigo? Like, well, and then there's not another Sweet 16 there. Like, why, why, leaves, we, why, we, why do we keep sticking... Like, we need to put Brad's feet to the fire and say, dude, your tournament success is just not acceptable. He's never made the Sweet 16 in any year as a coach so far. Right. Oklahoma State loses to Michigan. You know, Steve was a 10 seed. Beat the seven. He he. Mid mid that him. Michigan team, I think, made the elite eight too. They were a seven seed and got past two Louisville. They okay. They make it. That was a good six. Michigan team. And and that's a good Oklahoma State team too. I mean, they won what eleven straight games in conference play to end of the season. Listen, here's my here's my point. I understand that there is lo- a need for improvement. But we're not going to fire him after winning two big championships because of two round of 32 exits right in a row. If this happens two or three more times, like you said, then yes, it's time for talk. Yes, obviously stuff needs to change, but that's what we have to, you know, rely on him to do because let's face it, he has made changes as a coach. That pressure defense that they used to run when he was first there where they uh, started or they forced the team 
to a ton of turnovers. He switched that based on the roster he had. This year, he goes to a more heavy three-point offense because of the roster he had. It didn't work out, but you also have to look at everything this year. If he doesn't make necessary adjustments, yes, he has to go. If if we continue to have talented players and don't get past the Sweet 16, yes, he has to go. But I think things are going to change. I think that our guards are going to get bigger. We're going to get more tough defensively. And like you said, maybe we'll be one of those Texas Tech-like teams that holds people to 55 points, wins grinder games, and boom. Texas Tech is now favored to beat Duke, who's a higher seed. That'd be great. But we can't be calling for his name right now is my point. Does he need to switch things up? Absolutely. It is time for a new era of Illinois basketball. But should he be fired right now? Absolutely not. No one realistically is calling for his job. I'm not even doing it. The point is change that he made. People like to talk about Jay Wright. You know, he struggled, kept getting on the round of 32. But he had a track record. He made a Sweet 16. He made an Elite Eight. He made a Final Four in 2009. I just don't like the idea of Brad Underwood. I don't think he admits failure enough. I think against Loyola, I don't think he took much blame for the offensive game plan and trying to switch up on cut. Like this year, you know, he talks about the RJ Medena's technical. You know, he talks about how we won, you know, back-to-back Big Ten championships. Big Ten championships are great, but we have to realize these are unbalanced schedules. We lost to Purdue twice. You know, we, we struggled against top competition. We lost to Indiana in the first game. And I, I just don't trust that Brad's really going to change. Like, we, we've seen what Luke Goody can do. We've seen what RJ Mendez can do. Melendez. But at the end of the day, I don't, you know, I, I just have a tough time that he's really going to finally craft an offensive system, you know, that isn't live or die by one person. There was a few times that I would assume it was like, hey, if you can't get to the basket, you're screwed. And now this year, Plumbers make his three-point shots. You're going to lose the game. If Kofi Coburn doesn't have the physical advantage against Arizona, you're going to lose the game. If he doesn't have the physical advantage against Purdue, you're going to lose the game. Yeah, I mean, Arizona is my pick to win the national championship. And Purdue, let's face it, Jaden Ivey's a lottery pick. Zach Eady got better, and Trayvon Williams is an NBA pick. So their roster is actually better. But, yes, they should have won that game at home probably. They, but they should they have beat them by 30. Indiana yeah. beat the split the series almost. Yeah, they should have beat them at home. Now, mm-hmm. Purdue also played a great game against us at our place. But still, yeah, Carson, I agree with you that changes need to be made within the system right now. I 100% agree. And changes are going to be made because Trent, gone. Plummer, gone. DeMonte, thank God, gone. Kofi, probably gone. I hope Jacob Grandison, gone. We're going to have five new starters next year. Obviously, Coleman started at the end of the year and played pretty well, but he didn't start for the most of the year. So you're going to have some fresh faces. Do you think Coleman is physical enough to get inside and put up 15 points a game? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's not going to score 15. So what's going to happen is we're going to have to rely on guard play for our points again. We're going to have to hope that Goody becomes a knockdown three-point shooter. Well, this year we relied on on the big guy for the points. And we were on three-point shooting. Who scored the – yeah, other than – Kofi was the only positive in the front court when it came offensively. How do we score other points? Plummer, 15 points. Trent Frazier, 13 points. All from the three-point line. Yeah, now, well I, – I actually think some people are sick of Andre Corbello. Some people thought he didn't play good in Chattanooga. No, we need him. But we've seen his potential. We saw him almost beat Purdue for us single-handedly. We saw him jumpstart the offense against Chattanooga. We need Plummer. We, I mean, excuse me, we need Curbelo to come back and get into 2021 form because we need somebody to open up the offense. You, you can't just pass it down low, pass three-point shot, and hope it works. 
We need Curbelo to go inside and force people, you know, and spread the offense. We need to get to the free throw line more. I think that's huge. Look what Purdue did yesterday. 39 free throw attempts compared to 11 for Purdue. So that, that's the big thing. I think we need physical Houston-level guards. We need a Javen Ivy that can go inside and you know, win you a game. We really just need another Io Basumu. Granted, we're not going to get Io, but we need somebody that plays that caliber of offense. And secondly, I don't think we have a killer instinct with this team. I think Brad has great energy. I mean, you see him in the locker room. He is energetic. He loves yeah. to win. But do you really see that from the other guys on the team? Do you really think Kofi Coburn has a killer instinct? I don't think he has it. I, I, I think Trent Frazier's a finesse player. I think Plummer plays terrible defense. You know, I never thought I'd say this. Like, I, was, I wrote a whole column about how excited I was for Adam Plummer. I mean, um, you know, Plummer over Adam Miller. We could have used Adam Miller's defense. Yesterday. We really could have. We really could like, That is a guy that, granted, he had his problems with Iowa Sumu and only getting four tickets instead of 11. But we need guys in the mold of Adam Miller that can roll up their sleeves and get a layup when the time gets tough. Because that's what Duke did against Michigan State. Michigan State had them on the ropes. They were making three-point shots. And then finally, Duke just rolled up their sleeves and pounded inside, got to the free throw line like crazy. Yeah, no, I agree with you. My, I have a good buddy that I go to all my games with. His name's Mitch Glass. And our big problem is that we are sick of these small Illinois guards, but it kind of feeds into the rest of the team too, right? Because for the majority of the year, uh, Brad started Trent Frazier at the one, he's 6'2". Alfonso Plummer at the two, he's 6'1". Demontu Williams at the three, he's 6'3". Jacob Grandison at the four, who they say is 6'6". No, he's not. He's 6'5", and he's skinny. And then Kofi. We need a bigger lineup, and we need a more physical lineup. What Illinois has been missing for a long time, and I think we all can agree on this, is a stretch four. If EJ Liddell is on that team last year, there's a decent chance Illinois wins the national championship, like 100%. Even and the other thing is – Well, Alan Griffin, guard. yeah. Yeah. He, he was a little three-point heavy, but yeah, he did well at Syracuse. But we're also missing an NBA wing. Now we're not going to get an NBA wing. So how do you make up for that? In my mind, we need big, physical, strong, defensive-minded guards that can get to the rim. Like you said, like Adam Miller, he could get to the free throw line. And I do think that a bit of that is coming. Luke Goody's still a little bit of a Johnny one note, and he's going to need work. But look at RJ. Do you remember against Northwestern when they came back and then he got all those minutes and went to the free throw line like three times in the span of five minutes and hit all of his free throws? That was awesome. Ty Rogers is coming in, who's a 6'6 forward slash guard who scores a lot of his points from the free throw line. Curbelo can get to the free throw line. I think they're headed in the right direction. I'm not too sure on the scouting report on Dane Danji. I've heard a lot of mixed things on him, but he's physical. He's a big, I don't know. Coleman's not physical. He's got to work on so, that. Is he going to work? I don't know. I, I just, for me, it's where are we going to get the front court production next year? That's huge because people like to crap on Georgie. Georgie had moves down low. Georgie was skilled. If Georgie needed to score 13 points. We don't win the Big did. Ten Championship without Georgie. We don't. We don't stay in the game against Baylor without Georgie. That was, that was a huge problem this year. I mean, if it wasn't Kofi Coburn scoring, it was a three-point shot. We need a skilled guy that can dish it down low, that can have a little post moves and make some shots. And that's one of my other big issues with Kofi is I don't think he knows his worth. Be a little more patient and slam dunk that ball, pass it out. Too often he settled for a hook shot that he was not successful at. And I, that hurt us. I mean, that was what made Kofi so good last year. That's what helped us beat Michigan and go on that huge run last season is that he realized, 
wow, I'm seven foot, 290. I'm actually pretty good at slam dunking this ball. And I, I don't think we saw that from Georgie as much as we should have. He settled too much. Kofi, you mean? Kofi. Yeah. Last year, he led the nation in dunks, and this year, he wasn't even close. I agree with you. And now, I will say, you they always flash to the bench, you know, after, like, Kofi got fouled or whatever. You can always see Jeff Alexander saying, Kofi, you got to go up strong over that. So I don't know yeah. if, it's just, if that's just a Kofi thing or what, but no, I agree with you. They need a skilled thing. Again, I, do, I don't really know what they're getting out of Dane Danji. It's going to be interesting. No, no. But with that being said, I was going to ask you, because obviously a big thing we see with our football team, we've seen it with our basketball team is that the transfer portal is big. So here's probably on paper, if the lineup stayed the same right now, what your starting lineup's looking at. You've got Andre Carbello, Luke Goody, RJ Melendez, Coleman Hawkins, and Dane Danji. We're going to assume Kofi's gone. Omar Payne off the bench. Ty Rogers is going to come in and play a lot right away off the bench. You have Brandon Podzemski if he stays. And then Sincere Harris is a very good guard out of Ohio. And Jaden Epps is a little bit behind him, North Carolina. So what do you think Illinois needs to do in the transfer portal to be more competitive next year if they, like, want to seriously make a tournament run? You need big, serious guards, and you need a skilled four offensively. I mean, Pods is going to transfer Toledo pretty soon, to Toledo. I yep. mean, Pods isn't going to be any significant minutes. We have two gyms with Luke Goody and RJ. Those guys have motors. Yep. They're three-point shots. They can go yep. inside of the yep. guard play. I think we're good starting lineup-wise. I'm expecting Kofi Coburn to come back, but Brad Underwood's going to have to realize that you can't just rely on the seven-foot giant because we've seen what Cincinnati and Houston did, even though they didn't have the seven-footer to guard them. You double-team them. You fluster them. So you're going to need a skill four down low, and I think we have to improve our physical guard play. That's the I agree. I mean, find. let's look at how Ohio State beat us. Let's look at how Houston beat us. Their guards got to the rim. They hit pull-up jumpers. Did we hit any pull-up jumpers this year? Yeah. Arizona. Oh, God. No, dude. Well, our, okay. Iowa was the king of mid-range. Yeah, he was. That's why we were a one seed. We did this shit. Like, Plummer could make it, but he settled for, you know, jumping backwards 50 feet and shooting a three-point shot. Trent Frazier, I'm sorry. That guy's so inconsistent. I he mean, was, you know, do you know how inefficient Trent Frazier is from the mid-range? It's funny. I bet it's bad. Yeah. So my Demonte point is Williams that, tried to get to the tried to get to the layup and he would just throw it up. I don't think I've ever seen Demonte Williams make a layup in his life. I don't like to try and base ourselves this year off Arizona because they weren't ranked to start the year. Coloco's an NBA draft pick. Matherin's a top 10 draft pick. Kerr Curlisa or whatever his name is can hit floaters, can hit threes. He's another international talent, just like Brant uh, Matherin, that you didn't expect. So it's hard to replicate them. But I like to look at teams like Ohio State that beat us by hitting pull-up jumpers. Their guard. Do you remember? Do you know how many of Brandon's 31 he had at the rim? Like 20 of them. It was insane. You need big guards that are physical to get to the rim. I agree with you. But I do think we're in that direction. That's what Sincere Harris does. Ty Rogers is nice and physical. But we need guys that can hit pull-up jumpers as well as threes and be aggressive. Yeah, the biggest thing, if I have to circle it back to why this NCAA tournament went so poorly for the University of Illinois, was really rebounding. I know we talked about it earlier. That's going to be the number one issue this offseason. They got to fix it. You know, Coleman, you know, starting in some more meatloaf. It's bulking season. Kofi Coburn, I want to see a higher motor. I want to see you be more aggressive. I want to see Luke Goody just throw some elbows and jump in there and grab some rebounds. Luke Goody does rebound well. We get those rebounds against Houston. 
we might be up six at halftime. Yeah. We get those rebounds against Chattanooga. We're well and rested and ready to go against Houston, not be emotionally drained. So that, that's the biggest issue that we need to improve from Brad Underwood. And also turnovers has been Achilles heel the past two years. I think this year we were bottom quarter of the conference with turnovers, yeah. same story in 2000, 2021. We are so close to getting to literally blue blood status. Yeah. We have the athletic director. We got the history. We got the recruiting. We have the fan base. It's literally cleaning up the little things. That's all we need to do. Rebounds, cut the turnovers, get a little, get a little more physical inside. And Illinois basketball is going to enjoy its most successful run since the early 2000s. Yeah, you hope so. And like I said, I've taken a look at Ty Rogers and Sincere Harris. I know that they're those bigger guys that play hard. I like Luke Goody's ability to rebound. Kelfi will get 10 rebounds because he's huge. But like you said, he doesn't have the aggression to just jump up there and get it. Because, like, look at Oscar Tashiwa of Kentucky. He averaged 16 and 15. The dude if is we six had foot Oscar nine and he year. averaged 15 rebounds. Like, he why can't Kofi Oscar. do that? It would have been better. If we had Oscar this year, we'd be in the Final Four. He can period. shoot a jump shot, too. Yeah, he's just he's just more skilled. That's the thing yep. with Kofi Coburn. He's a guy that didn't start playing high school basketball since freshman year. Yeah. But people told him, hey, you're pretty tall. You could probably be good at making some slam dunks. I mean, play it. That's the reason why. Like, these big guys like Kofi Coburn, they're just gifted genetically. So when you have a Calvin Sampson, who's a defensive mastermind that knows how to shut you down, I mean, you're in serious trouble of losing a basketball game. That's how it works. So I, I don't even know if you can fix Kofi at this point. Honestly, if you would give me the option of Kofi Coburn stays, we win the Big Ten and lose in the first weekend, or we get rid of Kofi and we start building the next era of Illinois basketball and we get an NIT, I might take the NIT because I'm looking big picture. Who's been the big elephant in the room that's helped us win all these games the past three years? Kofi, Kofi Coburn. Iowa's freshman year. Great. All Big Ten freshmen. We won, we won the fewest games of program history. We didn't become good until Kofi. But the problem is you're not going to get another Kofi Coburn. So what you need to do is reinvent how Brad Underwood changes the game. We gave Brad credit. He switched up the defense. But now he's going to have to switch up the offense. And that's going to be the biggest issue. So if Kofi Coburn leaves and it helps Brad discover himself and build a more sustainable way of starting to make those sweet 16s, the final fours, I will take an NIT next year. Yeah, I mean, we obviously, if Kofi wants to come back, obviously Brad's going to take him. You're under the assumption that he's going to come back. I was checking out NBA mock drafts this morning. I, had to, I mean, he's not on them. That's probably not going to change. He not, might, Yeah. Kofi Coburn playing Anthony Davis. Right, exactly. Like, Kofi, what's Kofi going to do with Rudy happen. Gobert? Like, he's not going to score anything. So, he might come back. Like I said, I think they're – with the recruits they have, they're trending in the right direction. We both agree we need to get recruits and someone in the portal that is tougher, uh, great defensively, a little bigger, get to the free throw line. Like I said, I think that Brad's recruiting those guys right now. The lineup's going to look totally different next year. If Kofi comes back – yeah, they could get a higher seed. And will they make the jump to the Sweet 16? I don't know. But they should. I mean, why, why not? I mean, we should have seen it the past two years. Yeah. But it's going to be exciting to see, like, you know, there's, there's been a correlation with Kofi Coburn being in Urbana-Champaign and Illinois not being a laughingstock. You know, we, we can't keep relying on this guy. Eventually, we're going to have to take the training wheels off of Brad 
you know, take it off a of freshman mode with Kofi Coburn and see if he can really craft his own winner. I like Brad Underwood, but, you know, let's look at the track record. Stephen F. Austin, he took over a team that went 31-3 and three the previous year. Takes over Oklahoma State. They had Marcus Smart and made the NCAA tournament five of uh, the past six years or something like that under uh, Travis Ford. Now, Illinois, he's done a great job of really my issue with Brad was I didn't know if he could recruit. Oh, he can recruit. That's not the problem. Yeah. It's been the in-game adjustments. So it, it's, I don't think it's really possible to fairly judge this era until he wins without Kobe. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, I think he has two or three years left to prove himself. If he went right now, that'd be a mistake. But I think you're on to something with two, three, maybe four years. It's, an, you know, people will say Leonard Hamilton took him eight years to, you know, Florida make State the tournament. They're not doing anything basketball now. History. Illinois, yeah. Like Florida State's Rutgers when it comes to basketball history. Exactly. This is Illinois. This is Bill Self. This is Lon Kruger, Lou Henson. Lou Henson, I mean, yeah. We are a top 10 job with our eyes closed. We really are. Like if we fired Brad, Chaka Smart isn't going to laugh at us. Like when we try to hire him to replace John Grosh. Like Brad Underwood has shown this is a phenomenal basketball job. And I'm thankful for Brad Underwood. Yeah. But eventually the results have to start coming in. Well, I think they are going to come in. I think he's, I'm going to get well, it. I, yeah. I really do. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. Carson, thanks for being on. Hope the first episode was good. You like, um, you like my shirt, by the way? Dodgers. Hmm. Dodgers hat. I got to start supporting winners. I'm sick of it. I got to start. Freddie Freeman. Some- Big deal. Yeah, I like Freeman. Uh, I mean, they have all the money in the world to spend. I wish my Cubs would spend that money, but God knows Tom Ricketts ain't doing that. Don't waste it. What the Twins are doing with Korea is just a waste of time. Oh, it's dumb. You know, Jed Hoyer calls it a retool. I think it's dumb. I want to rebuild, but the go big or go home, and we don't know how to do that. I think Hoyer sucks, and I think Ricketts sucks. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been another episode of the Daily Illini Sports Podcast.